This is why you never take the norm double play right here. Maryland's already driving. Um, hey, everybody. Episode 93 of Tell Me Where to Turn. And we're starting it off. I am already in prime distraction mode here. This is going to be, <coughs> excuse me, this is going to be a terrible episode. We had the brilliant foresight to click record right as they were kicking off the Texas-Maryland game. And as it's known, Glenn being a proud alum. True. He's got the Texas X's sticker on the back of his car. I'm wearing the big Longhorn head right now. <laughs> so if you ever wondered what a Tommy Solo show would sound like, you're about to find S- out. City of Tommy. So, but yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero. Uh, you can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11. And unfortunately, with very vague rationale, we are point break day free today. Yeah, and he was supposed to bring all the heat for this episode. Yeah, he was supposed to bring the heat. You were going to watch the game. Yeah, that was. And I was just going to laugh and nod along accordingly. <laughs> Like the guy on the Tom Green show that used to, holy crap, okay. are you kidding me? We got 7 0 We were like eight plays in, and I've already given up on this team. Norm double played Texas, by the way. <sighs> okay. Is that the end of the episode? <laughs> are we done? Are we you done gonna, now? Are going to be okay? We have another Baltimore moment. Man. I had an idea for a segment that I wanted to unveil today. You know, the Baltimore thing was two years ago this weekend. Is that right? Yeah, it was Labor Day weekend, oh, that's 2016. Right. So does the statute finally up on that audio? Because it could be played very easily <laughs> on, the, on this show. We might need something just to, to fill the gaps. But I, but I no, I had an idea for a segment. Um, this is, this is going to be a new segment that we're going to have on the show occasionally. Okay. It's going to be called <clears throat> Things Only Tommy Cares About. So this is like Gustav's cue to just start hitting the 15-second advance. So this is where I'll tuck all content related to uh, adult league softball, my fantasy team, things that only <laughs> I care about. But okay. I did want to play. I did want to play a song for you. Okay, so this is going to be. This is going to require some of your attention. So you think you can? You think you can give oh, that no, to I'm me? I'm in. Okay, let me plug in the old uh, the old device here. The old battery operated device. So I don't you listen to a little bit of this song. Just get the feel for it. Tell me if you know who who's singing this. I need to plug in here. Are you? Yeah, put your headphones in. Hold on. I'm not going to play it. Um, live live footage of plugging in headphones. Yeah, we can edit all this out. Oh, good point. As you're. Uh, oh yeah, see, I could hear the little click. They don't broadcast this live. <laughs> what are you doing? Editing. You know what'd be cool is we could do a live watch along of the Texas game. It'd start out real optimistic and funny, and by the end, it'd just be like dead air and despondency. You ready? Ready for audio. So I'm going to play you a song. Um, listen to it. Tell me if you know who the artist is. If you know who it is, this this segment will go a lot better. If you have no idea, then we might as well just cancel the show. But tell me if you've heard this song or, or know who this... They're very iconic. And if I could open my arms And spend the length of the Isle of Manhattan I'd bring it to I got, No. You got nothing? Like... Iconic mean with the last 10 years? Yeah. Iconic in the alt-rock world. Here, let me try another one here. Some of you recognize Is this Vampire Weekend? No. <laughs> but if, if you're going to guess just generic titles, you may end up getting there. Okay, listen, listen to this. Tell me, if, 
Does it sound any different? Twisting my stomach into knots that my tongue. This is not Weezer. No. Is this the dashboard confessional? No. Is this uh huh. You're ruining the show. Hey. This is your segment. Okay. So Death Cab for Cutie. You didn't uh, know, you, I couldn't, I couldn't you didn't think of it. Okay. I was thinking of something involving transportation, and I couldn't remember their name. I'm familiar with that they exist. Okay, yeah. so you're familiar with they exist. Well, the, the lead singer of the band is a guy named Ben Gibbard. He has a very unique voice. He, uh, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, so and they, he has another couple of side projects. He has a band called um, Postal Service. He did some stuff under his own name. So anyway, so his his voice, very unique, very... Postal uh, Service. Yeah, have you never heard of Postal Service? No. Is he just obsessed with <laughs> something to do with motorized vehicles? Like yeah. He has another, yeah. He, ha- he has another, another band called Taxi Cab <laughs> and Uber. No, so for my, my daughter's birthday was a couple of weeks ago, and she got a kid's music CD. Oh, okay. I think I know where you're going with this. Okay, so it's for it's for Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. So it's a it's a Daniel Tiger's. Oh, I know what that is. Uh, so on the CD, there's one song that's that I think is this guy doing a bit as mm. a children's song, but it's you can't find any confirmation of it anywhere on the Google. So. Okay. My theory is that he came in here, masqueraded, did a Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood song, but it's never been billed or credited for it. It didn't do it under a different name. No, it, not, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't say anything. Like it's just part of the. It's not like Mike Honcho or anything like that. No, nothing like that. But the problem is, you don't know anything about Death Cab, so I guess hopefully this will be interesting to some part of our audience. Hence the title of the segment: Things Only Tommy <laughs> Cares About. But you got a flavor for his voice from those two samples. Yes. So now listen to this and tell me if this is not the same guy. Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. The title of the song is There's So Much to Explore Outside. And we'll see all of nature's beauty. Smell the flowers in the air or feel the wind blow through your hair. Follow animals. I mean, there's an obvious similarity. It's the same guy. I mean, the audio is, you know, it's produced and mixed a little different than. Right. The other album. So, what would be the motivation for him to keep this hidden? Lose, I don't know. Lose a street cred? I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe you lose. Maybe you lose some credibility in the very, very masculine world of death cab music. Yeah, no kidding. Which, by the way, um, I've been to a few death cab concerts. How did they divide the audience? <laughs> the same way. <laughs> Let's just say, let's just say that whatever, whatever, what was the comment that was made the last time you were at the bomb factory about the uh, convention that might have been in town? The Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah, they, they weren't saying that at the de- at the death camp. <laughs> they might have been worried about a beta male convention being in town. But okay. That was about it. I got you. But yeah, so hence closes things only Tommy that's cares good, about. That's a good segment. Yeah, but I like I'm, that. And, and I've had uh, a couple of friends of mine that are more in tune with the alt-rock scene that have really been researching this for me and, and we cannot find confirmation that this is true so if anybody out there that's listening to this podcast and also share similar musical taste would care to shed any insight i'd be in, i'd be interested in that do you guys own any of those albums where they're just redone 
you know, songs that are already out there, but then they just have somebody else sing them that's oh, more... Oh, Kids Bop? Yes. Yes. You have some of those? Well, we Spotify a lot of them. Okay, I My gotcha. older child is quite a fan of those. I, I think ours aren't quite old enough, but... We're not bad. Some of them are maybe even right up there I with mean, the original. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I can live with that. I thought that's where you were going with that. Oh, Almost. no. No, but they do have... I mean, they do have, like... Uh, a band or not a band like i guess a husband and wife team did a lullaby album of all like metallica songs and arcade fire songs i don't know if you've heard that um the, of course then you've got the kids bop which there's a band and I, i'm not a particular fan of this band they're called the um american authors but they did that this is the best day of my life song okay i'm here to tell you the kids bop version is three to four times really? better than the original like not even not even in the same conversation no i know the there's different versions that are out there, but the whole lullaby thing where they take just various artists. The one that I that we had was I think was called Rockabye Baby. Yes, uh, yeah. we've also utilized that, and it's great. Yeah, it's great. No, I we we played it in the both the kids' rooms when they were real little, and one of them really took to it like it, he would fall asleep, and the other one, I, I think he was just like, "What? It, what's going on?" He was interested, and in you stopped doing bits immediately. <laughs> yeah, he was like. I know what you're trying to do here. So, all right. Um, so I think since last week, we did have one major develop life development that affects all three of us. Something that has returned from the shadows. So they that colonoscopy, they got your results mixed up with somebody else? No. And they called just like, Mr. Glenn, we're very sorry. Something has returned. It was under the the foothold of Ken Paxton's weird eye. And FanDuel has returned to our grasp. And I couldn't be happier. And Out of nowhere. And what, and what incredible timing. <laughs> yeah. Here we are, one week away from the start of football That's season. interference, but okay. <laughs> you going to be okay, buddy? My, if he was on him in pregame, he couldn't have been on him any earlier before that pass got there. That this team still sucks. This looks no different than 2014. Well, it's gonna be okay, buddy. It's hey, not like it's not like Maryland's mired in scandal without a head coach. They're you know they're they've been they've been getting ready all well, year for this thing. There's the force field as they had a guy die a few weeks ago though. So they're you think they're trying to win this one for him? I think Texas is. There's a, there are always forces at play when that happens. Let's mm-hmm. side back to FanDuel. Yeah, so I've I've reloaded my account, and uh, I'm ready to go. I've actually already entered a few football contests that won't start till next week. But nice. Yeah, and we never got the backstory as to was this a it couldn't have been a state decision. It had to just be a company decision that we're back. Well, if you recall, and this is back when Dave was calling his congressman, but Ken Paxton, noted Attorney General of Texas, noted scumbag, didn't say that. How's his own personal litigation going these days? Yeah, he's you know he's living a real clean lifestyle. But he wrote an opinion, and it, it wasn't law, right? But it was if if it was ever brought to the attorney's general's office to decide on the legality of daily fantasy sports, that he would, and he you know he made up a bunch of mumbo jumbo about it not being skill based and everything else, and said he would rule that it was illegal gambling. Yeah, and when that happened, um, FanDuel immediately pulled out. Which, if you're going to pull out immediately, is usually the best way to do it. And 
DraftKings decided to stay in. Now, the reason FanDuel did that is they had a lot of venture capital money, which DraftKings did too, but they were playing the long game, which was exactly what would happen, which is that the uh, Federal Amateur Sports Protection Act would be shot down, which it now has been, right. which essentially paves the way for legalized gambling in every state. Eventually. Correct. But a big part of Paxton's, Paxton's opinion on why FanDuel or Daily Fantasy was not going to be legal was based on that it violated that act that's now been shot down. So FanDuel thinking that if it was ever to become socially acceptable and mainstream, it would be better for them to stay out of any weird state litigation because that would make it more difficult for them to be licensed okay. uh, into the future. Now, it didn't play out exactly that way because Texas never introduced legislation to yeah. sanction it. So essentially, they just missed out on a couple of years of revenue for me and you. But now that they... Now that the federal legislation landscape has changed, they feel very comfortable coming back into the state that there's not ever going to be an issue where they're going to be found to be operating in a legal business. And I just think of all the times that I had a great lineup with one pitcher and that second pitcher <laughs> went for minus nine and cost me money. And if I'd have been playing on FanDuel, I'd have been all set. Yeah, it's going to be – that's something we're going to have to dig into in the coming weeks mm -hmm. a little bit. But I am – I am probably, at least for the rest of baseball season, going to still be putting the majority of my business through DraftKings because I am so sucked in into the chasing those big league achievements. Right. And I mean, I'm close to like cracking it. I've got almost all of them knocked out. I need about, well, about 30 more days of baseball to get it taken care of. And, um, and then I think next year I'm going to probably go back to playing the majority of my games on FanDuel, but... At least for the short term, I'll probably be playing football on FanDuel and baseball on DraftKings for the majority, you, you know, other than the big contests. Have you looked – FanDuel, do they have the same lineup structure as uh, DraftKings nowadays? I know they – They used to allow you to play a kicker, which I liked. See, I don't. But I think the kicker is oh, stupid dumb. Man. No, I disagree. I'd rather have another player in there. I disagree. I think but we've I, already I, talked about this on here. No, but I can't. I can't say. I can't say with any degree of certainty that they haven't changed completely around how they configure their lineups to to align better with what everybody else is doing. Because I haven't played it in two years. True. But I, I, for the record, I was a lifetime winning player on FanDuel when they went out of business. Now I'm assuming you're a lifetime winning player on DraftKings. If you're not, then we got you got some well, serious I'm, explaining to do. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> That fifteen thousand dollars. I think hit. I've got the little shield emblem next to my name and all that. At least one of them. I don't know if it has all the different Chipotle addict <laughs> lines on it. You know, I've got all of those. But what I've been doing lately is I've been playing a lot of the twenty-five cent multi-entry contests because I'm trying to I'm trying to unlock a specific achievement on the the um, the year-long grind on DraftKings, the big league achievements. So I've I've been doing a lot of those and have been and been actually winning a lot of money. Uh, I mean, relatively speaking, relative to the buy-in. But uh, I might have found yeah, I might have found a uh, a sweet spot in there on the on the low buy-in contest. We'll see. Little method, little cheat code. Not really a method, but it's basically playing essentially the same lineup every single every single entry with maybe one change. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah, I can see that because what I'm trying to do is the achievement I'm going for is number of lineups that have scored over 100 points. So you don't want to mm. diversify too much because, no. you know, if I'm going to get a, I need to get all 20 of my multi entries to hit 100 
or none. You know, I don't want to get half of them in half, you know, so it's trying to trying to game that system, but then also diversifying a little bit in case, you know, one guy just really goes crazy or really tanks on you. So So we don't have uh as we're talking daily fantasy sports and looking at the NFL. We haven't really dug into the details yet to be able to provide any week one analysis. No, but I mean we're talking just a mere handful of days away and we've got um Eagles Falcons happening. They're back. All right, they're back. National championship. <laughs> they're back. Hook them. Oh, yeah. Um, But looking at the week one schedule, yeah, you have a Thursday night game. Usually when we put something out, we're just talking about Sunday Sunday stuff. But, uh, you know, I think the most general advice that we give is uh, you got to find value in a lineup. Uh, One thing that I've been looking at, the thing is, week one, it's not the most the greatest from a scoring potential standpoint, but Jacksonville's receiving lineup is just decimated, and you, I guarantee you can find a guy who's like a minimum, minimum price. That's going to get targets. That's going to get targets. Bortles has to have somebody to throw to. There's a couple of games. There's only one game with an over 50 over under. That's the Houston-New England game. And I don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to pick up where he left off last year, but he absolutely lit up the Patriots last year. And then Drew Brees. At home? At home. So feel free to lock and load against a Tampa Bay team that I don't think has Jameis, which that actually might work in favor of them. But that should be a high-scoring game. So maybe – Who's playing quarterback for Tampa Bay? Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, because uh, Jameis uh, is suspended for the yeah. first three games. Who did he rape this time? It was personal conduct. We'll just leave Wasn't it Wasn't it an Uber driver? Yes. Where did he put his crab leg? <laughs> Man, that guy's an idiot. Okay. So that's our, that's our official week one NFL preview right there. So – are you still doing your year-long fantasy league? I just have one now. The uh, is it still the league of ordinary gentlemen? It is, and that's that's going on. Have you done your draft already? We did. You mean break down my entire roster? No, I don't. Okay, but good. I was going to tell you the the year-long league that I'm actually the commissioner and ringleader of. We're doing our draft Friday after the, one day after the season starts. Is that unstable? That's tremendously unstable. Are you counting week one? No. Okay. And I feel like you're the, about the fifth person that's asked me that, and I feel like that's an obvious no. Like, what world would you allow somebody to see what somebody scored and then take that player? Well, I mean, you wouldn't count the Thursday game. You would just take the, it in the shorts if you wanted right, to draft an eagle or a falcon. Right, that's, and that's exactly what I've told everybody in the league. Yeah. You know, which was preceded by, hey, if you wanted to draft an eagle over a falcon, maybe you shouldn't be so busy and be available on one of the other hundred dates I sent out that's, to when to do the draft. I think that's fair. This league is hung up on doing a live draft, which I'm ambivalent on because I have to run it, and that's yeah. a beating to run one. But they're really hung up to the point where they would rather do a live draft than start the season on time. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. We did ours in person, but it's usually the same weekend every year, same group of guys, same guy's house, all that kind of stuff. So it's usually pretty easy to to get put together. But so, I, so does he run it from 
a situation where everybody's logged in and doing it on their laptop, or does he actually just no. take it and post it on a board? He had this software that he downloaded, and he's got like a theater room. Okay. And uh, I don't think I still have the picture on my phone. Do you see one of those at my house anywhere? <coughs> no. Okay. But like he had this this stuff where um, it's got the draft board and the order and everything, and then you just, you know, call out who you're going to pick, and he can just search under the last name. Name pops up, and he hits it, and it'll populate. And then this one, it didn't show like a highlight, but then it actually had like the guy's like picture and his number and like an action shot that would oh, pop wow. up. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's way more sophisticated than I'm doing. So I don't think I was going to show it to you, but I don't think I still have it. But anyway, yeah, we we have that. And then, you know, we use Yahoo for the league. So then you got to manually go in and pick whoever uh, selected everybody to, to put it in the actual league. But the draft itself, yeah, it's not like anything that's manual per se. So what round did Baker go? Uh, if I remember correctly, around like the 15th. And was it to you? It was not. I had the, uh, as we get into roster breakdown, I I had the strategy of the two players I was able to keep were both quarterbacks, so I didn't have to draft one. But you don't start two, right? It's a no. one quarterback league? But I, they were also, they were allocated toward a 15th and a 16th round pick, so that's where I got my quarterback value. Oh, wow. So who were they? Uh, Deshaun Watson went undrafted last year, so when I picked him up, get to keep him at like minimum value, and Very so nice. did uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so that leaves you a lot of flexibility at the top of the draft. Very good, young, handsome quarterbacks on this team. It's going to take me a long way in a league I haven't won in seven years. But yeah, we we were able to have our. And I don't want to go round by round, but who did you take with your first pick? As a uh, current Jacksonville homer, I took Leonard Fournette. Actually, I got him in the second round. Yeah. Because I, you know, I like to maneuver. She so did a little pick trading. Yeah, we, uh, so here's the, that's what the board looked like. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I traded out of the first round and picked up an extra second rounder and, a, and, an, and another guy. Very cool. So, yeah, um, downside to everything, like the... A lot of these, and even if you go on and do like on fantasypros.com and just mock draft, you just put in all the, how many teams it is and where you pick and all that. Oh, good God. Um, I'm depressed right now. Um, like it grades everybody's draft in the league as a whole. So like, it, like when the last pick and you hit submit and whatever, like it has this immediate feedback and it shows – how to have the players ranked and how many, you know, top 20, top 20 to 50, 50 to 75 each team had, and then grades their draft. And so this pops up right when we're done, blah, 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 blah. 10-team league, my team ranked 10th. So. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, so could you find the name of this software and text it to me before Friday? I'll, I, can, I can find out. Okay, because I, I, I may... This may be enough. I may be convinced to revert or to change course. Because this was here. not before the guy who hosts the draft is into like he does like computer like programming and stuff like that. He didn't make this himself. Did he, he the one we used before. He actually made it. He built it, but it something had gone wrong with it, 
and it wasn't functioning. Mm-hmm. So instead, he was going to build a new one, but he, we had our draft scheduled, but our draft was like at 6 o'clock, and at 4.30, he was like, I should probably start on this. And oh, dear. No way he could finish it, so he found one and just downloaded it. But okay. I can... Uh, yeah, I'd like to find out what that was. Cause yeah, I, I can may, find out. I may do a little experimenting with that, but that sounds pretty fun. So that's fantasy football today. That's yeah. the second segment that <laughs> no one else will be interested in. Hey, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta just do the show for yourself, you know. Yeah. Did you watch Raw? I did. <laughs> Raw's been good two weeks in a row. And SmackDown is just kind of like another show that's on. Yeah, I agree. I'm. I I agree. And I I um, I've always been a Raw guy, going back to before I drifted away. But before we start talking about Raw, I want to pitch a creative idea to you that I've been thinking about. So. Finn Balor, as we know, greatest wrestler on the roster, most talented wrestler on the roster. He's kind of completely without a real angle right now because he's not a top guy because they've clearly made it where it's going to be the Shield, Braun, Dolph, and McIntyre. You know, it's some version of them in the main events for the months to come. Yeah, next several weeks, yeah. So he's got this really annoying, dumb thing where Constable Corbin is just trying to make his life hell. And they end up wrestling each other every week, and nobody wants to see that anymore. Not anymore, because we've seen it. Because we've seen it four or five times. Now. Yeah, we've seen the demon. We, I mean, there's nothing. There's nowhere else you can go. And the way the match ended last, or the way the match ended Monday night with him hitting him with a chair, getting disqualified, then, then declaring it a no DQ <laughs> match, hitting him again and pinning him. That's not. That's not the end, right? Yeah. That just sets up for another match, right? Okay. Or something happening like backstage or locker room right. or something like that. So here's my theory. So tell me tell me if you think this is a good idea. So they want to make Constable Corbin out to be a bad guy. So, you know, obviously one way to make him bad is to pick on somebody the crowd loves. But if he's going to do something to Finn, like to really be mean, it's got to be meaner than like, hey, you have to wrestle me. He should be having him do like what he did with Lashley. Like, hey, you've got to fight a three-on-one match or, you, you know, like do annoying things to him. But really, if he really hates Finn... What's the worst thing you can do to him? Make him kiss a girl? I'm going to ignore that comment. <laughs> no, the worst thing you can do is get him off a of Raw and send him to SmackDown. Well. And I have a theory on how that could happen that benefits everybody. Is this going to be a trade-off? Yes. So he's going to trade Finn to SmackDown. And let me tell you how this is going to work. So, and this is going to probably pr- slightly predate your wrestling knowledge, but... Before Finn came to the WWE, when he was still wrestling in the independent circuit, he was with some other guys, and they had a faction called the Bullet Club, which was changed to the Balor Club when they came to Raw, because I guess Bullet Club was trademarked. But it was him, AJ Styles, and uh, Gallows and Anderson, who Styles, Gallows, and Anderson are all on SmackDown. And him and Styles in the independent circuit had a falling out and were kind of about to start having this really epic feud that never really materialized. Styles is about to lose the title to Samoa Joe at Hell in a Cell. So he'll need somewhere to go after he loses to Samoa Joe. An incoming Balor into SmackDown would rejuvenate that feud that has a lot of uh, issues, and it could also get Gallows and Anderson, who haven't been on TV very much, involved where they would have to pick a side because they were the okay. four of them were kind of a faction. So I think there's a lot of really interesting things you could do there. On the flip side, on the what goes back to Raw side, so the Bludgeon Brothers, um, 
Rowan, the guy with the 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 lighter colored hair, is hurt and he's having a surgery and he's going to be out for six months. Redheaded guy. Redheaded guy. Yeah. So Harper, who um, is healthy now, doesn't have a tag team partner and he needs something to do. And he's been, you know, a fairly top guy and he's actually also really good in the ring. I, I don't. I'm sure you don't see a lot of their matches because they're usually fast forward immediately. So is so is that injury the the reason that the new day is yes the champ they now? hastily hastily lost to the new day and he never used his arm the entire match true <laughs> although the match was pretty well done though oh it was great but they jumped from the ropes from all the way across the ring yes it was yeah, a great onto match. the table it yeah that was a three or four star match there's no question but that guy luke harper when he came into wwe was aligned with braun Strowman, and bray wyatt who also now no longer has a tag team partner because matt hardy retired because his pelvis started to fuse to his tailbone or something like that so So he can't bend over so he's officially done wrestling forever forever so now you've got braun Strowman who's turning bad i have to return that mower of lawn (laughs) t-shirt no don't return that that's why it was five dollars though that's Um, true so now you've got braun Strowman, who's they're turning bad needs two guys to fight against the shield with and I don't think he's long term with Ziggler no. and McIntyre because those are just too many big personalities. Right. But you could bring Harper over and get Bray Wyatt back involved and the three of them could become a triple threat, you know, yeah. to do battle with the shield of interesting characters with Braun being their leader. And then that creates a ton of new storylines and also gives Constable Corbin some credit as being a huge a-hole because he took a fan favorite off a of Raw and traded him for somebody they hate that's going to align with the evil Braun Strowman. They can map the path for... And map the every, path for everyone, the next three or four months of matches. And then everyone hates Corbin, so that brings Kurt Angle back. To wrestle. To wrestle Corbin for the right to be the GM. There you go. Stuff there just you go. Writes itself. It does write itself, but there there is a rumor that that Angle's interested in doing a little more wrestling. So yeah, that's that would what make I, perfect sense. Yeah, I'd heard that 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 was the main reason that he's on leave. Yeah, as getting, GM, getting some getting some ring readiness going. Yeah, Monday night that was that was pretty solid. The yeah. uh, Seth Rollins Kevin Owens, what a match was phenomenal. And I love it when they're in Canada, even though I think KO is from technically from Montreal, but they were in Toronto. But man, you get the hometown buzz in Canada more than anywhere. If you're from Canada and you come out, you're getting cheered no matter what you do. And KO got more reaction there than he's probably gotten yeah. in maybe his life. So there's nothing that's within his body that's fused together, right? Uh he, no, not yet. But he didn't he didn't really quit, did he? No, actually, he just signed a new five-year contract. Okay. So this is all within storyline. Okay. But I did think he did a good job of selling it because when he was walking out to the ring, like, if you looked at his face, my, even my son who was watching it with me said, he looks like he's about to start crying. And yeah. I was like, that's weird when he's coming out. So then, yeah. you know, the match occurs. And what a great, I mean, what a great match. And there was a couple of times when I w- it was over. He sh- well, I know, that got to stick with the story, but like, just looking at the match itself, he should have won. Like, it didn't make a ton of sense oh, that yeah, Rollins I mean, won. No, and Rollins kicked out of the Stone Cold Stunner, which he pulled out of nowhere. Like yes. nobody kicks out of the Stunner. I know. And it made sense too, like if you look at it just from a objective standpoint, that they would 
have Rollins lose the title because they've kind of got the shield thing going. They don't necessarily want the shield to have all the belts. And that kind of gives Rollins a chance to maybe be more in the conversation for the main event, the world title picture, especially if Roman were to lose it, you know, then that's another person that could compete for it. So when they had those false finishes kind of happen back to back, like I totally was sold out on those. Like I'm, I'm like out of my chair going like, that's it. It's over. Right. Like I, I, I was buying it. I wasn't thinking like, well, surely he's going to kick out. And then the very end of the match, when he tried, tried to hit the uh, crazy moonsault off the top rope where he jumped and switched positions. And I was, I was, I was like, yeah. I was like, what a great, what a great finish. Yeah. But it was not to be. No, it segued into the uh, only finishing move that would work in a real fight, the curb stomp. <laughs> Should you have the co- cooperation of the guys stand still and hold his head up off the ground a little bit so you get the nice bounce. And then, yeah, so then they go to commercial, they come back, and Kevin Owens is just sitting in the ring on a folding chair, and he says, I quit, throws down the mic. Just walks out. And walks out and then like somehow like gets down and crawls under the stage because I guess he went the wrong way or wasn't sure where to go. Yeah. he. So that was weird. He took the road not taken. And then I noticed uh, during that part that there were, you know, the people that have the standing room only right next to the where they walk out, you're trying to get high fives. And yeah. well, they weren't getting that. But then some of them were talking to him. And then if you could tell a couple guys like patted him on the back as he is walking by. And after the first one did, if you go back and watched it, he clearly took like a stepped over like a step and is just avoiding anyone else touching don't, him the rest of the way. Don't touch me, bro. Yeah. All right. So five more years. Yeah. Five more years of KO. I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. No, and I think they're gonna they're gonna do something cool with this quit segment. Now the problem is, they need if they're gonna do it right, they need to make it last longer than a week. But he's clearly booked on the Australia show in a couple weeks. So either they take him off of that because he quit, or they're gonna have to tie this thing back off really fast, which I don't know if is the best idea. I mean, he might just need a few weeks off after being choke slammed yeah. through the floor and off of you know, 30 feet onto a table. He might need a couple of weeks in Cabo or something. What'd you think of Elias? <laughs> With, uh, what's her name? Trish Trish something? Stratus. Yeah. Which, by the way, like, in teenage Tommy world, <laughs> that was bringing things the, were going pretty well. Yeah. That was your walking Sears catalog. Yeah. So you know that back then, they, they, they didn't really have, like, a women's division like they do now. And women's matches were always they just were, sexualized. Like the matches were basically like either bikini matches yeah. or evening gown matches, where the point of the match was to rip your other the other girl's clothes off. Like that's that's what they did back then. It wasn't it well, wasn't competitive they, wrestling. They were just a part of the storyline that just accompanied the wrestler out there. There was a lot of that, yeah. and then they would get mad, and then they would have you know like or they would have conflict with another valet, and they would have matches. But the matches were always really aimed to titillate. Mm. And not uh, not so much to uh, engender equality among men and women, if if that was uh, if that's the way to say that correctly. So before she walked out during Elias's performance, I did he did get into the. Uh, of course, everybody's excited. Everybody loves to Man, see Elias. The crowd's hot for Elias as always. <laughs> he says, uh, "You know, I was talking to my uh, you know musical." colleague drake you know he's from here and like what he says started from the bottom he's like that means here 
this place. That means you, Toronto. This is you are the bottom. And then in a moment of genius, Trish Stratus, who is from Toronto, comes out. The crowd's going crazy. She comes out, and he has a great line, which is, I know why you're out here, because you, like most women, want to walk with Elias. (laughs) But I don't date (laughs) 60-year-olds. But I don't date 60-year-olds, which is great, because she's only like 47. Uh, It is a great line. But no action for him otherwise. No, he's got a great great gig. He's got like the backup QB gig. He comes out. Gets paid a lot of money, gets huge reactions, <clears throat> never has to take a bump on the ground. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves him, yeah. And he could go home, get a good night's sleep, doesn't have to pop painkillers. His f- tailbone's not fusing <laughs> to his vertebrae. That's breaking news to me. I had no idea. Yeah. They they uh, they traced it back to something that happened many years ago, and he did a he did a leg drop off the top of a cage and just landed like flat yeah. on his backside. And that's when the problem started. And then the, he went to have, he was having a lot of trouble bending over. And they went and uh, did some new imaging studies. And yes, mm. yes, indeed. But any idea if he's going to remain some sort of personality within? He is. So, okay, so they're going to keep him around as a backstage personality and match agent. So he will remain with the company. Is he going to still be woken and in character? Or is he <laughs> going to become straight laced? Corporate Matt Hardy. Vest Matt Har- Matt Hardy Constable Matt Hardy could be could happen. So we saw Ambrose fight Gender. Poor Gender, man. Like, <laughs> has he hit rock bottom now? He's he's on his back for everybody. So they yeah. So he starts this season, I guess, of Raw as the U.S. champion. Right. Immediately yeah. loses that, and then basically he's just getting kicked in the nuts for and the he last hasn't five beat, months. He hasn't beat a soul since then. Only through disqualifications. Yes. That's yeah. It. Well, I guess he did have a couple of disqualification wins. But yeah, Ambrose looks strong. Gives him the the DDT in the middle for the one, two, three, and then the main event starts. And I don't know if you were watching live, but it starts at like nine fifty eight. Yeah. So I'm thinking this must they must have this plan to be a really short match. Well, it, it ended up going like fifteen minutes long. Right. Like, I'm glad I have the overrun set on the DVR. Did you see that coming? As far as no, not at Braun all. just not hanging Roman out to dry? Not at all. I felt like that they were getting a lot of traction with Braun being the get-these-hands monster guy that's not afraid of anybody. So there's like a very Brock Lesnar thing to do. Like poor Roman, like whenever he's in a big match, like the guy he's fighting just absolutely annihilates him like every week before it happens. Well, and they were playing it off like, Ziggler and Drew were very like, let's do anything we can not to let uh, right. Braun in here, which is which is great because it just like continues to take out what a monster he is. And the, and McIntyre, even after Roman's tagged and Braun's just standing there, like Drew is McIntyre's keeping an eye on him like the whole time. Oh, yeah. Like, is he sure? Is he really? He's really not coming in. So this is really we're okay type <laughs> of thing. Like at any moment he steps in and it's going to be on. But then at the end he raises their hands, so yeah, I, there's something going on there. Surprising, but I'm I'm kind of in for that. I don't think they can keep it going, like you said, long term. I just right. don't think it fits long term. I think it's a but I was, two two weeks. Yeah, story I was kind of hoping that they would just go full on and kind of have Roman be the bad guy more, because they're like so desperate to get him cheered that they'll you know they're doing everything they can, including taking people the crowd wants to cheer and having him beat them up, which really makes the crowd only cheer more. It's like they can't, they just can't get out of their own way to 
to, and they just need to give up on trying to get Roman cheered and just say, hey, we're just going to accept the fact that the crowd hates him and move on. But there are no, I mean, Hell in a Cell is only two weeks away. Right. But, I mean, that obviously there's not going to be a title match this coming Monday or the following one. No. I would think no. No, that would be dumb. That's shaping up to be a pretty good little pay-per-view. With that and the yeah, AJ Sam- and Samoa, Samoa and AJ, I'm in. I'm Becky in. Lynch and and Flair, yes, deadlifting the cage. Oh yeah, I did. I did back. Man. I did back at the gym today. Didn't quite get above Charlotte yet again. What a great bit! If, instead of walking out and doing the flip and the splits, if she just came out and just deadlifted the cage up and walked underneath <laughs> it. You need to tweet Vince McMahon. That needs to. Could doctor things a little bit and and make that happen. I'm not sure that I get that. I I just breeze through SmackDown very quickly this morning. Yeah, and I I don't know if I buy into all that. The Lynch Flair storyline. No, like she just wants she's she just wants to be champ. It doesn't want anybody else to try. So that's. If they were if they were smart, they would they would turn Charlotte completely bad because the crowd wants to cheer for Becky. Let Charlotte be an evil villain, and then just keep building up her villainy until WrestleMania next year, and have Flair Rousey, and the place would be sold out to the max. That's what they need to do. Tweet that to Vince McMahon. Yeah. Hashtag Vince McMahon. Yeah. So speaking of Twitter, did we have anything on the show Twitter worth note? Um, you know. Don't know that we do. I had one thing that this I is um, not part of my prep, but I can I can check here. I had one thing. Speaking of prep, that's a nice segue actually. That that's just a quick hit item that goes back two episodes ago to colonoscopy talk. Okay, remember I told you when I had it that the my doctor was playing hip hop music before the colonoscopy started and was like going out of his way to be a really cool, super uh, hip guy. Okay, I looked him up this week just to see because i was thinking you know for purposes of the show if he had done anything really interesting and he has quite an interesting youtube video out there where he had a colonoscopy performed upon himself while he was awake so how does that work exactly i don't know exactly because i didn't spend a lot of time watching the video but he i kind of you know scrubbed through it and he's you know he's essentially laying on the table while they're doing the colonoscopy and he's like yeah so the camera's looking at this and he's like narrating what's on the screen while he's laying there awake that's that's interesting. Yeah. So would you go for the uh, no. woken woken colonoscopy? No, I do not want to be delete that idea. I don't want to be awake for any of that. That's some of the best sleep I've gotten in years. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to uh, think about just the. I don't know. You're having the doctor, the nurse, the whatever. You're kind of looking them in the eyes. They're no. Yeah. Doc looks over, just kind of smiles a little bit. Yeah, I'm out on that. Just wake me up and tell me I don't have cancer. So this was our grab bag episode. So was there any grab bag suggestions that we need to address? No, I think... uh, I saw one one user had tweeted ideation sessions, but that's that's too close to home. (laughs) Do you know what those are? Um... I have a vague idea, but I, I had to lead one this week for fifty people, off site. Can you go into detail? Sure. I mean, I can go into I can go into broad detail. Okay. But I I basically took a team of fifty people to a 
very, very high tone offsite location, which was a random civic center in a uh, town between Dallas and Fort Worth. So we were <laughs> okay. literally like in their gym. And the idea is you take them away from the corporate environment and you give them prompts and get them to think and brainstorm ideas that'll transform our business and our company and make us more successful. But you do it like in a gamified way. So it's like, hey, we're going to split you into teams of five and you have an hour to come up with an idea and then you pitch it. And uh, okay. so what I did, so, th- so tell me if this is SG or not. So it's team building. But you're looking for a, not just fun. You're looking for no. Results. I was actually looking for things, but I did. Okay. I did a mock Shark Tank. Okay. So, got everybody there. They didn't know what they were getting into. They roll in and we say, "Okay, you're now on an episode of Shark Tank, and in an hour, you're going to present to the sharks your idea, and we're going to vote on which one's the best." You going to be okay? They got to pass interference on that, by the way. I don't, yeah, I was, gonna, I was hoping that they wouldn't throw the flag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they um, yeah, so we did, a, we did a mock shark tank. So you, you come up with an idea, and then, and then the, uh, the odd twist is that we're actually going to use the ideas. Like they're, the, some of the things that you come up with actually will get put into the uh, product I mean, development is this cycle. As broad as you can be an idea, or it's an idea within a certain field? Uh, within the field, but it was supposed to be think bigger than the field. Like, I'll give you an example. And you know what field I'm in. Somebody's idea that they came up with was to start a restaurant. And I was like, what do you mean a restaurant? And they're like, yeah, we're going to make a restaurant. And I was like, but we're not in the restaurant business. And they're like, yeah, but wouldn't it be awesome if we had our own restaurant? How's, they didn't win, by the here's way. Here's my response. How is restaurant an idea? I mean, that's like fireplace. Well, it was a restaurant that was loosely tied to our line of business. Okay, so there was more than... I mean, there was something behind it. Yes. It wasn't just like, we should have a restaurant. We should build a car. <laughs> That's what we should totally do. But no, that was the moment when they pitched the restaurant idea. was the moment I thought, maybe I gave them too much leeway. Who won? Um, the team that won, actually, their idea... well. Two of, the, two of the teams that had the most votes at the end, their ideas are actually va- viable, valid things that we may, we may end up using in the business. We, it may be even more than that. It actually worked, went pretty good. But, man, you want to talk about losing some sleep the week before because I got appointed to lead this thing, but there was, like, executives above me there. And, man, if that thing flops or we get out there and people are like, yeah, this is stupid dumb, it needs to go it's away. It's just you? Yeah. Man, that is a lot. I was the master of ceremonies. Well, I mean, there was other people that were helping me, but I was like, I was the one that put together the flow for the day, you know, game planned how the exercise was going to work. Right. You know, and it was based on things that other people had done. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I was on my own on an island. Like there was a lot of data to support it that, you know, there was people that were helping me. There was, you know, a model to follow. But at the end of the day, I had 50 people that had no idea what they were walking into that could have had a horrible time and just yeah, totally hated torpedoed it. it. Right. So, yeah, man, I was I was really nervous. And then, of course, you yeah. know, it's like, and then these other things, too, is like you got to cater breakfast and lunch. You got to, you know, make sure you've got yeah. pens and paper and, you know, just like every logistical detail you could think of. Yeah. Um, I'm not, that's not something I'm real good at. So I, I'm glad. I think my name's now at the bottom of the list so that when that opportunity comes around again, they'll ask a bunch of other people before they get around. Yeah. I mean, I had to essentially coordinate an after work event this week, but 
I didn't have to do any uh there were no sessions, there were no games. The game was on the field once we got there. I just had to Rough Riders? Yeah, I just had to coordinate all the details and make sure everybody was taken care of. But do you have to like turn in the lineup, starting lineup for the team? <laughs> yeah. I was in full uniform. Any the, other was there anything else on Twitter? Uh no, I think that was that Man. was it. Although I did notice Thanks a lot. As we get back into live sports updates, and we're at the end of the first quarter, and Maryland's leading Texas fourteen to seven. Point Break Dave took Texas minus the fourteen. He doesn't. I don't know if he needs to be on the show anymore. Love of mine, someday you will die, but I'll be close behind. I'll follow you into the dark.